Because uh, I kept watching it, like, there's no real cussing or violent. I mean, there was, like, fucked up shit, but it wasn't, yeah. like, gory or... Okay, No, it's cool. more of a thinking man's horror film. If I really like this one, actually, but we'll oh, really? get into that. Well, I, no, I was going to say, how I was going to pitch it was like this. I was going to say, don't go into the house. Don't go see this movie. Crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the Binge Watchers Podcast. So that's where I was taking it. Um, we're talking now uh, for Summer Slash. We're moving on to a movie called Don't Go Into the House. So Dave's, Dave's giving me a dirty look. No, no, I'm not. I'm I'm interested. Well, I think we – well, okay. The, the version you watched because we just discussed that we watched – you watched it on Tubi. I watched it on Amazon Prime. Did the version you watched, did it have a title card card called The Burning? Oh yeah, this has another weirdly fucked up name, like the Night of a. No, was that the other movie? Um, we watched two movies recently that are are very similar. Uh, characters with mommy issues, and um, well, and they're slasher films. But let me. Uh, I mean, he just dropped Prime. I'm not going to advertise Prime. I'm going to tell you, watch your horror films on Tubi. Yeah, working on that Tubi relationship. I love Tubi. I just happened to watch this one on Prime. I will watch the next one on Tubi if it's there. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff. Mo- Motel Hell's on here. That's on our list somewhere, I think. Oh, it is. I don't know if Madman's on our list, but that's on here. Well, There's a lot of shit on here. The original Trick or Treats is on here. Drive-In oh Massacre, God. The Boogeyman. Like, There's a bunch of other stuff that's not on our list that we could fucking watch. There's a co- and Madman is one I actually own on Blu-ray, believe it or not. All the Prom Nights are on here. Dude. I recently got introduced to Hel- uh, Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two. That is a definite That's an watch. Movie. Know- that, okay, that movie's listen. fucking nuts for the best reasons. Hello Mary Lou Prom Night Two is like a standalone episode. Like we have to do. Like okay, when we get to Halloween this year, like w- like we haven't. I don't think we've ever talked about Mary Lou, but that like that to me is up there with those those like sleazy but great, like almost TV quality horror films. Like yes. uh, like nine six like nine seven six evil part two <laughs> like yeah it, it's in that same category but it's definitely entertaining for its own reasons. Um, it's 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 fucking. I would. I've had a couple instances this year, and that's one of them. Of like, where was this movie? Where has this movie been on my life? Like mm. movies that you watch that are older, and you're like, why the fuck didn't I watch this sooner? <laughs> it's it's always amazes to me when I come across a movie that I didn't know like existed from an actor that I've loved forever. You know what I mean? Like when you find a movie you haven't seen, like okay, we just lost Rucker Hauer like last uh, yeah. like last week. I thought I knew every fucking movie that guy ever made. Then I found out he's in this movie based on like a. It's either a French or an Italian novel. I could be misquoting. It could be a a Belgian novel. I, I don't know. It's, I'm not. I, I don't remember exactly where it comes from. But he plays a drunk who suddenly inherits a bag of money, and the guy who left him the money. It's like a psychological experiment. He wants to see what he's gonna do with the money. Like Rucker Howard plays a character who's like a chronic drunk, and this is one of what his earliest it? movies. And it's a and it's totally a character. Like it's totally a method piece. Like these movies I tell Dave all the time about. Like. 
where I just want to like cohabit a space with a character. Like Nicholson can do this in like five easy pieces, but I, I tell Dave all the time, like I'll watch a movie and I don't have to have anything blow up. Like, unless the character makes things blow up, and, like, that was the whole point of the movie, to watch this guy figure out how he's going to blow something up, then I would watch it. But the whole point is, like, you just hang out and live and embody these moments with these people. Right. Which is interesting about the movie that we're supposed to be talking about called <laughs> Going to the House, because it is a character study. If the guy wasn't burning people with a blowtorch, well, they hang from his kitchen ceiling or wherever. Or no, or, no, he builds, like, a whole kill. He has a whole kill floor. But right. you hear this guy's more like thoughts. His psychotic breaks are, are interpreted in these internal moments that he has. He's right? he's clearly schizophrenic. At least that's my no, take. No, no. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing about these movies is like these movies have like misdiagnosed mental health things, and they, and and filmmakers don't know about mental health disorders. Like, cause schizophrenia is not the chronic murder disease like TV and film has portrayed it for like the last. 30 years well i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to like you know perpetuate a stereotype but again i mean here here's why i'm saying that is like i for it being a cheesy horror movie the the only problem the biggest problem with this movie was its budget that's clearly it Mm. i think this movie was genuinely fucking creepy i think he gave a fucking genuine performance i mean there's some cheesy bits here and there but like I'm not I'm not trying to be passive and just say, oh, schizophrenia. Like, I felt like this guy kind of did his homework. He was, like, creepy. Um, oh, I don't no, know. This that... actor is better than this movie. He's, I, be- definitely. he's better than this movie. Yeah. Like, like, but, no, I, I understand the whole idea that mental illness or, you know, like, they're just crazy. I get that that's been too much of a trope in movies. But, like, I felt like this movie at least tried to be a little more psychological and then still mix in some, you know, cheap thrills. But but again, the one thing that I would accept is you were pointing out that like, Oh, it's mommy issues. I'm like, what happened to this kid? He wasn't a jigsaw puzzle when he was little and got caught with some nudie mags. This kid was like standing near the stove and his mom wanted to point out just how bad fire was. And she burned his arms over the stove, which I don't even recall in the movie. Why? Like what the lesson was. I don't get the lesson there, but yeah, I don't know. That's uh, (laughs) I didn't quite get that either. Yeah. This is um, I, pretty fucked up. <laughs> I, I will say that what? this movie was the first one that broke the trope uh, of at least the series we watched of like something happening 40 years earlier and a bunch of kids partying there. I mean, unless you count oh, consider because right, it starts in present time. Yeah. <clears throat> um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just trying to. No, 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 no. That's fine. Thought. I mean, we have a flashback, but no, it's, uh, it kind of broke that trope. Hmm. Um. Uh. I actually wrote a lot of notes in this. Um, I know. Well, for a moment, like, um, I was debating whether his voices were a matter of schizophrenia or, uh, like, a ghostly spirit or something supernatural. I, I kind of sca- settled on, um, you know, mental health just because, again, I'm basing this off of the guy's performance. Like, he's really Ex- going for it. Except, except, spoiler alert, six minutes in, spoiler alert. So skip ahead if you don't want to hear it. If you want to hear it, continue. Um, the end of the movie is supernatural. A random boy that has his own mommy issues hears his specific voice talking in his voice, calling out to the kid. Like, like passing on. Well, that's all right. I'll give you that. Passing on to burn people. So, what's that? About? I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I guess you know this movie lagged at a point, so then my brain shut off for like a good ten, fifteen minutes. Again, I guess I watched a longer version than you did. Um. Yeah, you you said you saw some dragged out version that was like... Like an extra 10, uh, close to 10 minutes than you did. Yeah. 
I didn't think I, they were going to burn a priest. That bl- that blew my mind. I didn't think <laughs> they were going to burn a priest. Then, uh, and, and there were bumblers in this, but it really was like he goes to a priest for confessional. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. He goes to help to try to stop what's going on. And then, like, I didn't think he was going to save the little charbroiled uh, dates that he had. You know? Right. Dude, that first scene, that first scene where he takes her down into the to the kill room, if you will, or like the metal room, like that shit was genuinely fucking creepy. Like, oh yeah, when he's got the f- girl first hanging there, that reminded me of a lot of Italian horror films, like Bella, right. Bella and the Devil, or, so, or Bells and the Devil, or something like that. Something uh, like that. And uh, yeah, I was like, where is it? Where you know, where are we going with this? It's like an episode of uh, like Criminal Minds or something <laughs> like. Uh, but yeah, but when he has on the burn suit and he like douses her and got like you, your sense of dread goes through the roof. Like I was gonna, like, yes, that's a perfect way of putting it. Um, sense ugh. of dread, yeah. You're terrified. Like even now, I've seen a, a but I don't know how many horror movies between the two of us we've seen. But when he first the f- first walks in there, douses her in gasoline and then picks up his like backpack blowtorch device, you know whatever. Um. Yeah, you. That's like a sense of dread, cause like I mean, again, terrible ways to die. That's in the top three, right? So oh it's fuck a, yeah! It's a collective fear of humans, probably. That or drowning. Ugh. I don't know which is worse. I don't know. Um. I mean, and th- this has a few psych outs. I mean, there was like a really creepy dream sequence where like uh, the bodies were like pulling them down into sand or like into a sand pit. The nightmare sequence is kind of strange, and it, it it's strange, but it, it still is kind of effective. But it did kind of the only other take movie me out. That, what's that? I said it took me out for a moment, but then you know, but on its own is kind of creepy. Well, the only other movie that I think that we watched lately that did the psychedelic thing was the Sorority Row, the the house on Sorority Row. Oh, there was like yeah. a psychedelic moment there where they drugged the final girl and blah blah blah. blah. I uh, see. I like I told you on the that episode is like that movie was instant amnesia. I've forgotten most of it already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, but here's the thing. I mean, this movie definitely borrows a lot from Psycho and Norman Bates. Uh, definitely. Um, that's my and that's my problem with it. That 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 element. It you know. <sighs> Yes, it can escape that, and it's also a product of its time. I mean, it's got like some straight up crazy disco going on. <laughs> it was it was That's shot during the disco era. It's where he actually, you know, cleans up from one of his murders and then goes out on the town. He's got to get a new suit, and he's trying to like engage in normal human behavior and actually date a girl at the club. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right? You know, he's well, really, well, he's, this really, was hey, he's really trying to be a nice guy. <laughs> Well, it kills me is like the scene that like leading up to that, he's talking to his uh, to his friend. Mm. He just wants to like have somebody to talk to. He's like, no, man, I got some shit set up. My wife will watch the kids. We're going to go out and fuck these. I mean, he doesn't say this, but basically the message is like we're going to go bone these two broads at a club. Mm. Uh, Or or is that part of a different version that I watched? I don't remember that in the conversation. He calls him on the phone and he's like, let's go out tonight. But I thought the one girl was the other guy's regular girl i didn't realize it was oh i so i think that's part of the major differences because the in the version i watched this guy was married with uh two kids and they left the room 
And uh, Don, the the guy, is asking his friend, like, hey, man, do you want to go see a movie? And he's like, nah, fuck movie. Uh, let's go. I've got these two okay. women set up. Okay, so they probably cut that out so they had at least one decent guy by the end of the movie. <laughs> no, he's a scumbag. That's weird. In the version <laughs> I watched, his friend's a fucking scumbag. All that shit is cut out from the version I watched. That is weird. <laughs> the guy comes out as like a pretty even normal Ken doll type dude. No, he only does. Uh, he only comes off nice after uh, Don throws the fire on the, or lights that woman's hair on fire in the club. Okay, so what? That's his like he his Jiminy Cricket moment. <laughs> it's it's weird. Yeah, and then like the whole time, and then him and the priest are like, "Hey, man, that, that guy, uh, this guy, is, or that lady's boyfriend, or excuse me, brother, is gonna beat the shit out okay. of you." Basically, so the part with him and the priest going leaving the nightclub and like hunting down the killer. Reminds mm-hmm. me of like a Hammer Dracula film. We're back in the film Kinda. where Dracula goes to London, and like we're we're just hanging out, you know. <sighs> Although, well, go, coming back just real quick, uh, something I wanted to point out when they're da- um when they're da- at the club and he lights a uh, woman's hair on fire, there are people looking at her in horror and yet still dancing, <laughs> like nobody stops. Yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you caught that or not. When but. you're in the zone, you you just got to keep going. I don't know. Do you remember going to nightclubs? Did you go to the Three Keys Club? Did you go there? I, th- I think so. Yeah. I th- was that the one in Santa Monica? Yeah. I mean, there was a period of time where we hit the town and until Dave started burning people, and then I just kind of kind of took the flavor back. out of the whole thing. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, to throw you under the bus like that. Oh, no. <laughs> I just didn't want to pretend to be the burning character for any particular reason. That's okay. <laughs> I probably, you know, to some people, when they look at me, they probably think I would do that. Oh, shit. When I'm having one of my dour days. Wow. When I'm having, like, resting bitch face or day face. Well, I was face. thinking about this. So I was like, well, I mean, you know, I don't know if you said it on here before because, like, you know, Dave made a short film called The Catholic and the Satanist but actually grew up Catholic. And I'm like, oh, Dave might have some mommy issues. But then I was thinking about my own mother, and I was like, who would she be? I was like, oh, she'd be one of the girls that got in the car with the murderer, probably get killed. Obviously, my mom didn't get killed because here I am. So then maybe <laughs> she's a final girl in some movie. Maybe. Dang. Or the plucky best friend, if she's lucky enough. The best friend. No, but then you're yeah. really saying that she's ugly because the best friend is just not good enough to be the main girl. That's how that goes. Well, they don't all, if, they're if not going, all ugly. Not no, no. all the sidekicks hey, are ugly. If we're going by stereotypes, and the, the whole genre is stereotypes, the only thing that breaks the stereotype is the survivor. Whoever the hero ends up being is the only one that usually breaks the stereotype in any of these movies. Which would be the best friend? You're right. Which would, which like one of the one of the best friends would emerge as the the victor in this whole scenario? Right. Man. Um. Now, what about, like, this movie kind of has two endings to me. Like, there's the ending where our killer gets taken out, which is what you mentioned earlier was a supernatural ending, which is what confirms it's being a su- supernatural thing. Well, no, I do uh, I do believe he is hallucinating when the dead bodies get up and stalk him. He burns himself. He burns everything. He burns himself in the house. Everything goes. But then there's the, the final scare is, like, that a little kid hears his voice and wants to emulate him. Well, I thought, like, that was kind of one of my final notes, which was, like, this was oddly a cautionary tale. At the very end, it just automatically, remember, don't beat your children or they're going to get all up fucked up. Oh, yeah, maybe that's a morality lesson. Hey, look, like, that's the thing about horror movies is they're, like, 
Grimm's fairy tales, right? Like, there's. I mean, they kind of they kind of are the modern version of like Grimm, you know, fairy tales or um, what's the uh like, not Aesop's fables, but you know, like uh, Hans Christian Andersen, I guess, like you know, where they, or you know, those the original fucked up versions of shit. The only modern fairy tale I care about is Moulin Rouge. Okay. Moulin. Was that a fairy tale? Yeah, why can't there was a fairy in it? Why can't it be a fairy tale? It's got morality. It's a cautionary tale. Don't be a whore. <laughs> well, <laughs> who falls in love? You can hook all you want. Just don't ever give your heart away. Was the the real message there? Is you know that's when it all leads to trouble. You know, think of it as a business transaction. You know, don't ever give your heart away, David. Oh, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what a fun! Took it back, gave it to somebody else. What a fun moment in time! What a fun series of movies! But <laughs> actually, you know what? This double. Uh, okay, where this is the second part, uh, or um, this is another episode. But the last, this and the last movie we watched, uh, kind of gave me a bolt because we watched quite a. We watched like a few stinkers in a row. Um, yeah, it's a hard. Like I wasn't sure which way this was gonna go. I was hoping for some entertaining episodes, and then we got into like the meat of it. And it was getting a little rough. We watched a couple bad ones in a row that just kind of brought the house down. (laughs) It's like, but like we committed to these movies and we committed to them in this order. So it was like, if, you know, we, we were done, we made the list. It's in concrete. So, I mean, if if three, if three shitty ones come in a row, I guess we're watching three shitty ones in a row, you know, pretty much. Um, But no, like the, this one and the last one were like, you know, and what's funny is because I've even said on some of the other podcasts, I was dreading watching pieces again because I had bad memories of it. But just turns out I just needed to watch the right version of it. Yeah, that's Um, funny. Like, I I don't even imagine, I can't even imagine the version that you saw of that other movie. Well, like, it just was very cheesy. Like, the English dub was, like, pretty bad. And uh, and then the, like, the, um, believe it or not, the version I watched, like, had, like, the music, uh, the music was way different, so it um, kind of added to the tension. Yeah, that's on it. weird. I've seen a couple of movies like that where the soundtrack is like completely different, and you go, "What the hell is going on?" Right. Like, it makes no sense at all. Although the exception is Legend. Uh, like, okay, uh, all right. I'm a writer. I don't like producers coming in and like changing the story and and making a business decision that f- the final product is different. But, however, and like, and usually producer cuts of films are terrible. Like, the right. producer cut of Blade Runner fucking sucks. Don't watch that version. It's terrible. Um, but, Ridley Scott made a movie called Legend with Tom Cruise. It's a fantasy movie. You got What's-His-Name is the Devil, you know, um, calling himself, like, the darkness or whatever. Uh, right. What's-His-Name? Tim Pennywise. Curry. Tim Curry. Played the original Pennywise. Classic. Um, so... Tangerine Dream did the soundtrack, and I was watching this going, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. You have this electronic, uh, techno, disco, electronica, 1980s rock and roll set to swords Fantasy. and, go- yeah, goblins and elves and trolls and demons and unicorns. That's an amazing fucking concept and idea. I went, f- like, f- 15 years of my life believing it was supposed to be like that. And then cut to an interview with Ridley Scott on the behind the scenes of the special edition making of saying, oh, yeah, that was the studio's decision. They were a popular band at the time, so they thought they would get more teenagers in the theaters. And here's the original soundtrack. And it's fucking boring. Right. Well, 
yeah, I, uh, you know, I like that Tangerine Dream, and which is kind of screwed up because then there's like the director's cut, which is longer, has more footage, but then it has that score, which is, but which, is agonizing. which has it's right. agonizing. <laughs> so it's like, why can't we just meld the two? I'm, I bet you, you know, with people who do fan edits, I bet you there's like got to be a fan edit out there with the longer cut, but the full Tangerine Dream score or something like that. That's one thing I'll give the last two movies we watched, both pieces and. Uh... Don't go into the house. Their scores are pretty good, and their music supervisors are pretty on point. Well, so yeah, well they have to be because part of that Blu-ray set they included the soundtrack to pieces, (laughs) of all things. Wow. Yeah, like a full, like an actual CD. That's pretty cool. Like that's been a weird selling point on some Blu-rays lately. Is like there's been certain movies. The extra is. Yeah, they'll put out like a full-blown CD of the soundtrack. You know what it is for me, like exclusive artwork. Like if you can only buy this art at this store and you're never going to get it anywhere else. And like, okay, suddenly that's collectible because how many do they make of those? A thousand, fifty thousand, a hundred thousand. But you can, uh, I don't know, you know. Um, I think you told me some of my stuff, which I think is random, is out of print. Yeah, um, I know. If you still have your um, uh, sleepaway camp set, I know that's like goes for a pretty penny nowadays. No, that's one I didn't hold on to. I mean, I've got I've got a few rare ones that, like, if I wanted to... I mean, here's a funny thing. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people tell you that DVDs and Blu-rays are just not worth it anymore, which eh, maybe that's true. But, like, I still have some shit that, like, can go for a pretty penny on the collector's market. Yeah. Um, like, the entire Friday the 13th Blu-ray set that includes all... Every movie, including the um, the remake... Oh yeah, you won't get that set anymore because of the lawsuit. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's it's been out of print. Like I paid, I got it right before it got out of print, and I think I paid a hundred bucks for it, and now it goes wow. for like wow. two, three hundred. Yeah, <laughs> fucking a. Because <laughs> fans want the entire, and it's in like a metal tin that has some goodies in it. Yeah. Dang. So that'll be like if I get in a bind and I need two hundred dollars, I guess I'm gonna go sell my thirteenth set. <laughs> either that or plasma but they won't accept my plasma so uh, i don't know we could talk about what's going on in the entertainment world or not i heard the rocks getting divorced i don't know if that's newsworthy uh, is well, it i thought he was like a big family man too uh, yeah maybe i don't know he has daughters and everything but uh and then like uh. Lindsay lohan is getting stalked by the crown prince of saudi arabia he's apparently in love with her that's the other thing um Ooh. this actress quit the the you heard of the show called the rookie you heard of that show? I I know Nathan it by name, Fillion. but I don't even know. Oh, 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 yes, yes. I've heard of it. Yeah, Nathan Fillion plays like a 40-year-old who decides to become a rookie cop. That's basically right. the entire plot. But this um, yeah. his co-star, Afton Williamson, quit because of a sexual harassment charge or something. Not against Fillion, but, I mean, how does Fillion like a producer not know? or something? Yeah, like one of the main producers or something. But how does, like, I mean, you're the star of the show. You don't know what's going on around you? I don't know. Uh, I guess it depends on what level of uh, involvement he has in production other than, you know, <laughs> you know, especially stars. Sometimes a producer name only like, hey, uh, your name gets yeah, a show done. So you're a producer. But yeah. the, like they don't have any boots to the ground producing shit going on. Yeah, absolutely. So who knows? Maybe Nathan was blind to the situation. I don't know. I would hope so because I think he's a pretty great guy. Yeah. there's And uh, moving on from there, I'll shift gears a little bit. But talking about... Uh criminally insane people since we're talking about criminally insane movies um the joker is supposed to be a cinematic watermark which i'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait wait a minute 
So a movie about Batman's villain, the Joker, um, is supposed to be something unique and uh, worth watching. Uh, it could be. I'm I'm sold, man. I gotta I gotta say I was skeptical when I heard you know first of all Todd Phillips, who's not a bad director, but he's not per se a serious director. I mean he 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 put he dipped his toes in doing something serious with War War Dogs. I don't know. If he, uh, I, w- I don't know if he did that movie. I uh, I think he did, which actually wasn't a bad movie, but it wasn't like you know per se. But um, but I saw that trailer and I'm fucking sold. You know, on paper it doesn't sound like it's gonna work, but I mean, I I saw the product or at least the advertising of the product, and I'm like, okay, I, I I'm buying a ticket. Um, you know, and hell, when you think about it, like every. You know, at least Nicholson and Heath Ledger. I mean, they both have. Um, every actor seems to bring a certain gravitas to the role of the Joker. Like it's the most Shakespearean of superhero roles, if you will. I mean, I know that's a little highfalutin, but it's also kind of true. Yeah. I think so. Well, I mean, he's one of my favorite actors. Uh... Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, so I guess that I mean that's probably enough to uh, to bring me in, you know. Well, I mean, he always, I mean, he he never turns in a dull performance, at least none that I've watched. At least he's he's trying always. Uh, well, I mean, he more than tries. <laughs> he's a great actor. So no, no, he but is. I mean, that's but I mean, I'm. Short. I can't even think of like I'm trying to think if he's been in a mediocre movie. I mean, I'm sure he has, but because every actor has, but um, I know he always seems to he always seems to bring it. Or he's um, if you want to see a great movie of his that I don't think a lot of people have seen or maybe even forgotten about was um, he did a movie about I don't know ten to twelve years ago called Two Lovers with Gwyneth Paltrow, where like it was a guy caught between like this woman or this woman who's better for him or not. Um, Kind of a very simple movie, but like he gives like a very quiet but like kind of great performance. It's hmm. pretty interesting. I don't know if I have seen that one or not. Ah, it's worth it. It's uh, it's one of those. It's a character piece. You know, we always talk about movies that are about characters. This is definitely one of those. Uh, what's his most tragic character? Maybe the character he plays in The Master. Um, it was kind of kind of funny when he played himself actually in that movie, like I'm not here anymore or whatever it was. <laughs> like, I never did get to that. I, I've been, I've been meaning to watch it, but I never got to it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Like the little document, or no, I mean mockumentary. Mock, well, it turned out to be a mockumentary. We thought yeah. it was a documentary before it came out. Yeah. So anyway, folks, if you don't want to watch slasher films, you could just literally go watch any of the movies that we just said that Joaquin Phoenix has done. <laughs> I bet you, even some of them are on Tubi TV. Who knows? I'm not really sure, but we love Tubi. Tubi, <laughs> give us a call. Yeah. 